0: Does this sound familiar? You stay steady on the course of working, being all the things to all the people in your life. And one day you find yourself curled up in the corner in fetal position, crying and having a meltdown. And at that point you realize that, hey, perhaps, perhaps you need a moment. Why does it take us to this point or to the point of illness before we give ourselves the grace to hit the pause button. What happened in our lives that got us addicted to this drug of achievement? And how is it showing up in your life? In this episode of Putting Attention to Intention, we dive into this addiction, something I've struggled with for a very long time, how the label of the world puts on us, plays a a role in this, and how we gain back control with asking ourselves three questions. Join me now. Welcome to our community, friends. I am thrilled that you found your way here. I want to give a shout out to our listener in Chicago. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for showing up here every week listen to our content, being a part of our community. I love you. And we're happy to have you here right where you belong. If you're feeling directionless, frustrated, unfulfilled, as if you're just going through the motions of life, you have made your way to the right place. My name is Megan Miller. I offer high performing go getters, simple daily micro steps for putting attention to intention so they stop sleepwalking through life and start living with more inspiration and fulfillment. I know because I've been there. I was there the majority of my life having my life on autopilot, being the woman everyone wanted me to be and feeling like I was meant to do more. That is until I got brave and still enough to really uncover what I wanted. And I'm here to share my lessons with you to help you navigate through your own journey. Together, we will share small, practical steps that'll help you maximize how you show up in the world to create a life that you're passionate about. Welcome to Putting Attention to Intention. So Friday afternoon, I'm talking to a colleague of mine. And it's Friday and it's the afternoon and she's a hoot and we're having a great time just yucking it up with some giggles. And then all of the sudden, I feel very dizzy and it's right in between my ears and I realize it, my vertigo is back. Now, I'm a healthy person. I move my body almost every day. I take my vitamins in the morning. Here I am fortunate enough to be knocking at the door of 38. And the most surgery I've ever had was getting my wisdom teeth out. And I was a wuss on that. I made my mom come down and take care of me. (laughs) So when I get knocked out, the first thing I think of is, well, the first thing I think of is I don't have time for this shit. Said like any type A personality, And then the second thing is it's scary because I'm used to taking this car, a.k.a. my body at 80 miles per hour down the highway, full court press at all times, that when I need to slow it down, fear sets in. You know, I start thinking of all of these things that I need to do and by need really what I've told myself I need to do. Isn't it something when you look at your to-do list and you really look at it, like 90% of the shit on there is what you told yourself you needed to do? No, no one else told you you needed to do it, but but you told yourself you needed to do it. So in the height of my career, when I was traveling almost every week, my life looked amazing on paper. I was jet setting across the country. I was working in all of our hotels coast to coast. I got the dream job that I had worked my ass off for 10 years. And if you asked me if I was happy, my answer would have been yes. I wouldn't have even hesitated with that response. Absolutely. I've worked hard to get here. I'm happy to be here. This is great. However, I was getting sick and I was getting sick on planes. I was getting sick in meetings. I would have these just dizzy spells come and they would be right in between my ears and it would that sometimes it would feel like I would just pass out. I I would want to pass out. I never did pass out, but I felt very dizzy. I don't know what it is about me. Actually, actually, yes, I do. It's my stubbornness and my need to control everything. But when this started happening, I really didn't want to go to the doctors. I, (laughs) I I guess I just kind of felt like it would work its way out. My joke with Michael always is, well, that's why we have an immune system. So I don't need to go to the doctor after. But Michael talked me into it. So I went and the doctor proceeds to ask me if I'm stressed, if I'm anxious, what's going on in my life? And my response to him was, Doc, tell me who isn't stressed. It's part of being human. He proceeds to tell me that I have vertigo, which is basically like this dizzy feeling that you get. And it's brought on by anxiety, stress and depression. And I thought to myself, shit. Doing all these things, being all these places, doing what I thought was making me a performer and excelling in life and getting the A plus was actually making me sick. It's crazy how the body will adjust. I remember telling Michael, coming home from that doctor's appointment, and I told him again on Friday when this happened again. To me, it's, it's funny because I didn't feel stressed. I, I thought I had everything under control. Then when you back away from the situation when you rise above it look look at your life like it's through a movie screen it made sense to me since april i've been hustling at a sprint hustling to discover what i want in life hustling to build this community hustling to plan a wedding to the man of my dreams and above all else, yes, having the anxiety of what's going on in the world you know, with the rest of America. So no wonder the vertigo came back. And when this happened on Friday, I thought, here we go again. Getting back in these old habits. Which for me is the thought process that, If I'm not producing A-plus content, if I'm not knocking it out of the park 24-7, then I'm failing. And this, my friends, is my drug addiction to achievement, which I thought I had a handle on. For the past five years, it's been a personal focus for me, meeting Michael, planning our life together, moving in together, doing all these things as we go through our journey. And and the career was on autopilot. As I navigated down this journey of, of building this community and what that looks like, man, that drug addiction came back in full force, hot and heavy. I ask you, my friends, how are you addicted to the drug of achievement? For me, it's been the career. However, this can be any area of your life, your role as a mother, your role as a partner, your role as the caretaker of your family. How are you making yourself sick over this addiction to achievement? When you think of it, it's, it's, re- it's really interesting how we will make ourselves sick, both mentally and physically, to be these super women. Like, I'm tie a cape on me because I think I can do all shit for all people all the time. Get all the things done for all the people in our life. No one is holding a proverbial gun to our head, except the person that is living in our head, which is us. It really comes down to the label that the world put on us. And we will fight and claw to do things that justify that label. Think about it. For myself, I was a C plus student. I had and I <laughs> and actually I, I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny. It really fucked me up for how I think of things now and got me on this drug of achievement. But, you know, I I really had to study to get that C in school. It did not come naturally. I had the index cards. I had the highlighter. I had my little Lisa Frank binder. And I would have to sit up in my room for hours after school to study for test. I did not learn by sitting in that classroom setting in that desk and being lectured to from the teacher, I just didn't learn that way. And growing up, if you didn't learn that way and you had to study extra, you weren't as smart as the other students. And that was the label that I had for myself. The joke in our family was how I was going to make it out in the real world. So I always felt that I was behind everyone else when it came to book smarts and I felt that I was dumb. So, you know, that that could really under that really makes me understand a lot of how I became then the funny girl because I wanted to have some sort of label that would make me fit in. And I didn't feel that it was academia. So what could I control? And that was the social piece of it. And, you know, there was this one incident that I can, it it comes back, I can see it like yesterday. And I know that I've spoken about this before on this podcast, episode 15, what has the world told you about yourself? And it was Mr. Bailey's math class. I can see, I can see him. I can see the room clear as day where he made me stand in the front of the room and try to answer a math question. And I didn't know it. I I, I didn't know it. And he made me stand there in front of the rest of my peers. And I remember my face being beat red. I wanted to run out of that room so bad. I just wanted to crawl and die. And that day, that day is the day I told myself I wasn't good at math. And I am still struggling with that label at 38. You ask me a math question today. I get a pit in my stomach and my immediate response is I'm not good at math. What were you labeled as throughout your life? Where did that label come from? And how are you fighting and crawling to do things that match that label? For me, it was that I didn't want others to think that I wasn't smart, which meant that I wasn't worthy and I would sacrifice anything, my time with family, my time with friends and most overarching theme myself to get these accolades and achievements, which was validation that I was worthy and I was smart enough what did the world tell you about yourself that started you on the drug of achievement? Was it that you weren't smart enough? That your body wasn't perfect? That you didn't have a voice? How has it shown up in your life? And have you taken the time to dig in and understand where this stemmed from? Don't make yourself wrong if you haven't now is a great time to get curious and begin to free write in your morning journaling session on where this stemmed from. I can't tell you how many breakthroughs I've had through just that five minutes in the morning, getting these thoughts out of my head, into the pen and onto paper. And you can start by asking yourselves the prompts of how do I feel today and why and what do I want for my life? And it is just amazing what will flow into that paper. If you give yourself some patience and some stillness to let it emerge, it will come out. How do we flip the thought on this? I'm huge in these mind hacks, right? So so we know that we are conditioned to feel X, Y, Z, that we need to be superwoman, get all of this shit done and every facet of our life, be this to everybody. But how can we how can we flip the thought on it? And how can we get a handle on it before it has us curled up in a fetal position in the corner having a meltdown? <laughs> like that. I was notorious for that. Well, actually still am because here it took vertical coming back for me to think to myself, oh, maybe I need a minute. So before you start sobbing in the corner or have a medical condition to make you think, you know, maybe I need to give myself a moment. How can we flip the thought on that proactively? And here's a couple of things that that resonated with me. One, recognize it. You know, for me, I can tell that I am on this fast track to burnout, both mental and physical, when I'm agitated, when everyone is annoying the hell out of me, when even my phone just pings with a text and I haven't even read the text yet, but I'm already annoyed. And I think, what the hell does this person want? That's a sign I need a moment. Or perhaps I need a moment as I'm scrolling through my emails and I think to myself, the first th- thoughts that come to my mind stupid, idiot, reread that email. Like I'm just on edge. And when I get to that point, I need to grant myself the moment. That's one, recognition. Two, the second step, don't beat yourself up or make yourself wrong. When your resentment builds, you're not fixing the behavior. I can't tell you how many times I thought to myself, why can't you handle this, Megan? You're not a quitter, you're not a loser. Like I used to sit my, I would force myself to sit in front of the computer all day, no breaks, to get what I told myself I needed done, even if that meant sheer exhaustion. Because I thought if I ended early or didn't answer all the emails or do all the things that I was a failure. And never once did I give myself enough grace to realize that I'm human like everyone else. So, newsflash, my friends, you're human. You don't need to be superwoman 24 hours a day, especially when it's when it's sacrificing your physical and mental health. So, granted. Okay. And then three, grant yourself a little space. So for me this weekend, it was the realization that I needed to unplug. I needed to get the hell off this computer. I needed to get away from the to do's and I just needed a moment to decompress and give my body some rest. So for two days, I gave myself the gift of a bath. I had a chat with a girlfriend. I went to bed early and resting. And this time, instead of feeling like a loser and that I was a failure, I felt like I was giving myself a gift. You, my friend, only need to be a superwoman to one person, one person, and that person is you. And you do that when you grant yourself permission to slow down the treadmill a bit, give your body and mind a rest, get curious of where these feelings of needing to achieve are are coming from, And just give yourself a moment or you'll be curled up in the corner crying. And who wants that? Do yourself a solid and show up for the woman looking back at you in the mirror. Stop silencing her. Stop ridiculing her and stop judging her for her every move. She's begging to be heard from you. Thank you for taking the time to be here. And most importantly, for taking the first step in investing in yourself. If you liked what you heard, please do make sure to subscribe. So you're up to date on the latest episodes and share with three people in your tribe that would benefit. I'm a huge believer in the power of sharing content, especially when that message is around putting power back into your own life. I would love to hear from you all. If this episode meant something to you or you'd like to share something with our community, please reach out to me on Instagram, megan.b.miller. Also, if you feel inclined, please comment and rate the podcast. It does make a difference in sharing our community. Till next time, carry on with intention.